Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. I know for those of you that come here every Sunday, you can become just adjusted to this, that this is common. You enjoy this. But not everywhere in the world does everyone enjoy what you are enjoying right now. Not even every church, not even every Pentecostal church enjoys the presence of God that you're feeling here today. Would you one more time just raise a hand and thank God that he has allowed us to come into his presence. Thank you, Jesus. 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 If we could only really see the way God would want us to see, you would see that everything you have need of is available to you right now. Before the preacher preaches, before there's an altar call, before another hallelujah, you can receive from God what you need in your spirit right now. Healing. Do you need healing? Jesus is here to heal you. Do you need deliverance? Jesus is here to deliver you. Does your faith need to be lifted? He's here right now to lift your faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to let you all return to your seats. I want to say... um, Thank you. You all can be seated. And uh, I want to say to Sister Valerie, um, your husband's not here, but you are. And since you two are one flesh, we give you honor. Thank you for the opportunity to be here in the pulpit today. And uh, to the leadership of Living Hope, I stand in awe. Every time I come down here, which, you know, over the years, especially the last few years, has not been real often, but I stand in awe every time I come here at the work, the handiwork of God. And uh, now I'm going to tell you, like, I like response. So you got to learn how to say amen or oh me or I'm not, I'm not real big on uh, like... Uh, spectator sport hello I need help and uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful to you but there's something about you responding that opens your heart to the ability to receive it's like he said that's the other thing I, I find it hard to stay behind pulpits and I love to lay hands on people and pray for them while I'm preaching one time I was invited to go to, my wife was with me, I was invited to go to this church in upstate New York, and I went and 
I was supposed to preach, but I started praying for people. There were over 500 people there. And by the time we got through, I had prayed for all 500. I didn't do much preaching that day, but I sure did a lot of praying. I just say, God knows what we have need of. And I, I can't thank Pastor, Sister Valerie, and this assembly, the leadership. I can't thank you enough for allowing me the opportunity to have a microphone today. Over the years, I've smiled, and I've made reference to that. You know, God has to have an incredible sense of humor. He saved me, and then he gave me a microphone, and um, you never know where that's going to go. But uh, I say uh, again, thank you, Sister Valerie, and, and your family um, for the opportunity. And... Uh, and so I don't usually pass up opportunities. I get about three hours. Some of you are going, oh, my God, is he serious? I'm really not. But I do pray that in the next few minutes, God will um, minister to whatever it is the need of this body. You're here today. Jesus is the answer. And uh, so... And then I thought, you know, it's, I know we just celebrated 40 years, but actually my wife and I this year are celebrating 50 years. So. 50 years ago last month, you can be seated. 50 years ago last month, my wife received the baptism of the Spirit. And, um, and really, she led me to the Lord. You, you know, I, I was talking with my family recently. See, in, the, in God's family, there are no grandchildren. Hello? If you've got to figure that, I'm just simply saying, my children didn't come to know the Lord just because my wife and I knew the Lord. They must have their, each of them have their own personal experience with God. You don't just get it handed to you. You must seek after him. He is seeking for you, but you must seek for him. So, uh. You know, 50 years. You just don't know how much has changed in 50 years. Um, not only us, but our world has changed in 50 years. And the church has changed in 50 years. Um, I don't mean with, that this church has grown. I mean the body of Christ. It has changed. Um, I can tell you that 50 years ago, in most churches, they wouldn't have allowed a woman to preach. Hello. But I'm glad to tell you that God has made some, some really good changes in the church. We need everyone, men and women, boys and girls, every culture. Hello, red and yellow, black and white. We need all to take this gospel to our world. So, so 
I don't one more time you be seated and I really am I'm going to preach a few minutes and believe it or not I don't preach the three hours and when we sing a song we're not going to sing it for six hours and then hello and those videos I've seen they're quite embarrassing when I sing for hours and I look back on it and I think I knew back then I was just trying to get everybody through to Jesus but um Hopefully, we can respond without 16 hours of me singing. So, all right. Um, but I have asked my wife to help me sing, and Maddie met with us. That's what I mean. This is an incredible church. And I, my, your pastor is one of my, if not my favorite preacher in all of Pentecost. He's incredible. I hope you're watching, Pastor. He's an incredible communicator of the gospel. Very intent, not only with his delivery, but with his prayer and his concern that he has gotten it doctrinally correct. Because every soul that he has the opportunity to minister to is important to him. And um, I, again, I'm, I'm not, come back next week. Maybe, he, I don't, will he be preaching next week? Yeah, yeah next week, the, the pastor will be here. Today, we're just, all right, we pray God helps me. You better be praying, all right? So another thing that's changed is music. Hello? Now, you probably wouldn't know that because most of you weren't in church 50 years ago. But music has changed in 50 years. And your worship team, when, when we came to Pentecost, they did not have worship teams. They had one person with a songbook and a microphone, and he would lead people in singing. Hello? They didn't call it worship. They called it song service. But I thank God that's changed. It helps when a team is involved and people are inspired by others to lift their voices and lift their hands and people feel that pull to magnify the name of Jesus rather than just hear one person kind of give them directions but there were some old songs and we don't do this we don't get this opportunity so I am taking advantage of my opportunity and my wife and I are going to sing so And, and we're going to sing an old song. <laughs> Hello. So thank you, Maddie, for giving us the extra time to do this. And thank you all for being here the extra time. This will take us a little while. No, no, I'm kidding. We're going to do our best, all right? So you want to say something before you sing? Okay, you got it. You're singing I do? All right. All right. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're ready. Here we go. All right. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. The King 
just be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. The kingdoms of my heart. If you have your Bibles or how they do that on the screen, if you'll turn to the book of Matthew chapter 13 with me, 
I was excited today as I heard the voice of God. I heard it first when Josh was leading in prayer. You know, over the years, I've come to realize that sometimes in a service, God speaks to us through a song. Sometimes God speaks to us through a testimony. Sometimes God is repetitive. Where is my good brother? Yes. God is repetitive when he speaks to us. That was incredible teaching in that session here today. And, and today has been no exception. I heard it early when Josh led in prayer. He talked about John the Baptist, and, and he talked about preparing the way of the Lord. And then when the teacher came, those of you that were in here, you heard the teacher say the same thing. And the example was that John the Baptist was the example or teaching us that the way into the presence of God is repentance or to recognize I can do nothing without God. I need God. I need God. And, and certainly as I knew what I had felt all week on my heart, I was anticipating oh I have to admit as I've gotten older I don't have the anticipation I once did to stand in front of large crowds um, home Bible studies are much more preferable to me but um, I'm honored that I would really I, I really want you to know that I really am honored to be here and have this microphone and for the next few minutes I pray that God anoints words to somebody's heart that will change your eternal destination that will cause you to realize that we have been called to be a people of destiny that we're not just anybody you are a chosen people you are a peculiar people he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light he has an incredible destiny for his people in the last hour for you he has an incredible you, you may not think so the enemy may, has done everything he can to rob you of your ability to have confidence that God has a destiny for you but I tell you today the spirit wants to penetrate through your depression and your oppression and confirm that God knows right where you're at he is molding your life for an eternal purpose. Jesus, Jesus. Okay. Matthew 13, verse 24 is the first. I'm going to read a few verses from this chapter. Verse 24. Another parable put, put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Then down to verse 27. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And then verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And then verse 38. And this is a key verse. The field is the world. 
And the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. And then to verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. And I want to preach for at least a little while on this thought, the treasure, the treasure. I feel so excited in my spirit about this word today, the treasure. I may weep, I may laugh, I may lay hands on you. I certainly will pray for you that God will bring understanding and desire and passion a seal that would move you from where you are to where he wants you to be our world our world is waiting on someone to find them in Jesus name Lord these next few minutes I ask you Lord to do the miraculous there are harvesters somewhere in this room today Jesus there are preachers, there are evangelists, there are teachers. Lord, there is a great treasure that's here in this room today. Let your Holy Spirit quicken to our hearts that we would respond to that call of the Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You, you may be seated. And I guess I probably should not ignore the folks that will be watching online <laughs> I'm just not so used to that um, at home today uh, that's strange but in DC today at the church living hope there there is uh, as is most always just like here there is the opportunity for great miracles hello all the greatest things we've ever seen could happen today. Uh, you know, the other thing about live stream, you got to be careful because they may watch it. <laughs> so, number one, you got to be careful you tell the truth. <laughs> Hello, and you got to be careful that what you say doesn't embarrass someone. You know, that means as I get older, I've got to put a better filter on my speech. Oh, Jesus, what a miracle that will be. Yes, yes, yes. So I just want to say before I, I, I will go back to my notes because there are some things that I feel really impressed by the Spirit. But... Um, Today in the church in D.C., um, a story of someone's life, just like your life is a story. Did you know the Bible tells us that God is writing a book, your book? <laughs> He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He is, uh, you could flip through to page whatever, 1950 or whenever it was, 1972, you will find Linda Staten's name on the top of that page and then the story begins to unfold and she met me and I don't know I think the Lord probably hesitated a little bit when he pinned that there she met this guy but uh, 
He had destiny for us. He had purpose for us. Just like the day, whenever it was, that you met Jesus and he looked at you into your heart, into your soul, and he saw what no one else could see. He saw such dreams, such possibilities. He wasn't looking for the sin. He had already dealt with sin. He was looking at, oh, what can this one be? What can they accomplish? How can my spirit not only work in them, but work through them? He saw such great things as he wrote our names upon that page. So it was about three months ago in, uh, maybe not even that long ago in D.C., one of the, you know, and I can't spec- I can't say this enough. How many of you know our world, it's just changed. It, D.C. has incredible numbers of cultures. Um, America left and the world moved in. I say that kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek, but in truth, there are so many cultures. And I guess it depends on your perspective. In my perspective, you know, I can tell you when I would do street evangelism and try to reach people in the streets, the most difficult ones to reach were the Americans. That's right. They, I guess somewhere they already thought they had enough of God or, or they certainly didn't need him. And they would pass us by. But we found that, my, there were Spanish. Espanol. Dios se bendiga. Amen. Brother Eric. Pastor Eric, where are you? Amen. Yes, so many in D.C. Did you know there are over 800,000 Spanish-speaking people that live in Metro D.C.? And you may not like it. Hello, don't tell anybody. But it's not changing. It's not going back. 50s are gone. 60s are gone. 70s, 80s, 90s, hello, all the way up to 2022. It's past. And now God, why has God brought? Because you must believe that God is still in control. That God has a destiny. That something in the spirit is going on. And so God is bringing people from the four corners of the earth. And I'm convinced the reason why is that we were not getting the gospel to them. So he is bringing them to us so that every Sunday we can stand on Monday in Bible studies and Tuesday in Bible studies and Wednesday in Bible studies and Thursday in Bible studies and Friday in Bible studies, Saturday in their homes, on street corners, telling them Jesus is still great. Jesus. And so... I will take my first point in this message and I want to read to you two immutable things that I have come to grips with. That means things that they they don't change. Number one is that outside of God, any type of sin is possible. The only one that can keep us from sin, no matter what you, oh my the sins of our world, so many. But I am convinced that outside of God, 
all kinds of sins. People could do things that are unmentionable, unbelievable in some of our way of thinking because sin is a powerful force. It takes control over people's lives and they become prisoners. Do you realize that? It's not the addict wants to be an addict. It's not that the hooker wants to be a hooker. It's that they have become, they have become snared prisoners of sin. And the only hope for the sinner is Jesus Christ. And a few things I think we have to qualify and clarify. He did not come to save me in my sin. He came to save me from my sin. Come on, Brother Scott. That's our hope for sinners like you and I. And this voice must be strong, and it must be clear, and it must be preached with fervency across the land. Somebody is asking about where is revival. Revival is in the preaching at the pulpit. So the first thing that it hasn't changed is still the same. It's immutable that... Outside of God, any type of sin is possible. Oh, how it grips my heart. I, I would say our hearts, but I don't know. I'm living in a different church world. I don't know if it grips the hearts of the church anymore. But it grips my heart. Every day I get closer. <laughs> Hello? To that time when I will see him face to face. It grips my heart. It, it affects my emotions. And it affects my thoughts about what the church should do and be and say. That I, may, I must not preach just so you will be my friend. I cannot just speak so you will love me. I must speak truth because only truth can set you free. And what a church climate, when I say that, I'm not, I'm really not trying to be critical, but I'm telling you, we are living in a, a world of church climate that does not offer hope to men. It, it only says, come and join us, and you're just another number on the roll. You just fit into, all right, but just let me assure you, he's still God, and he will raise up an Elijah he will raise up a John the Baptist. He, his word will be proclaimed. The only saving truth shall be preached. Even when those among us have sold out and then fallen. Which Paul writes about and Jude writes about and even is mentioned in the book of Revelation. Those who walk away and have become a stumbling block to others because they did not hold on. 
But somewhere someone will stand up. God is going to raise them up. He, you see, there is a treasure in the world. And the man in that verse, I'm convinced, is Jesus Christ. And he came to this earth and he sought out a treasure. Yes, and then he said, it's there. Oh, you may be talking about politics. That might be the field that you're looking at. You might be talking about diseases, cancer, or addictions, or hello? You might be talking, that might be the field that we're talking about. But somehow Jesus saw through it. He saw the failed marriages, but he looked right through it. He saw the attic, but he looked right through it. Hello, you understand what I'm saying? He saw what others could not see. If you had known me before I knew Jesus, you would understand why I love him. He saw beyond, he saw beyond our failures. He's today, the Bible says, tells us that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro. I could tell you what in my spirit from the word that has been even spoken before I had the microphone today, that the eyes of the Lord are searching over the hearts of men and women as we are here even gathered right now. And he's not looking at you to condemn you. He came not into the world to condemn the world. For the world was already condemned. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. Yes. He sees the treasure that's in us. The second point that I make that's immutable, that means it's unchangeable, is that through him, through Jesus, any type of sin can be overcome. I know there's sin. I know there's sin. I know there's people here today that the enemy has battled in your thoughts to tempt you Friends, like he was saying, friends and circumstances, situations, they put you in a position where you are easily attempted to sin. But I want you to know there is a power in Jesus Christ that can give you the power to say no to sin and yes to him. See, sin, that was a, really, that was an incredible teaching today. I want to say this, some things I had written down. Sin leaves a stain, a stain. It's like, I don't even want to tell you. My son asked me to tell my testimony. You know, the longer it's passed, I don't want to tell my testimony so much anymore. I don't want people to think I'm glorifying sin. Sin is horrible. Sin is ugly. And the results of sin always bring death and destruction. Sometimes we have to have something to compare it to, to understand, to, to maybe at least comprehend there is no sin. There is no sin greater than His grace. 
that his spirit, and, 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 and then there's things about this work of God that he's doing. You know, God is calling people that will blow your mind. You wouldn't have given them the time of day. I don't, I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you. You couldn't see what Jesus sees. It's hard for us to believe when we cannot see what he sees. That's why we must spend much time in prayer so we can see what he sees. So, about three months ago, this little girl, Sri Lankan girl, that, that in itself has been an incredible miracle, how the Sri Lankans have come and received, been baptized, the Holy Spirit, been baptized in Jesus' name, and, and labor, labor, oh my, labor. You know, Jesus didn't call us. He's, he's not looking for rocket scientists. Don't get me wrong. He'll take them. Hello? <laughs> He said he's looking for laborers. Are you willing to work? See, I'm going to tell you something about this thing. Even after you get the Holy Ghost, it's going to take some work. You're going to have to make yourself go to church when you don't feel like going to church. Hello? Now, I'm not really waiting on a response there. I'm telling you the truth. That you got to determine. You got to, you know, I think of old songs. I can't help it. I have a song for everything. They used to sing old songs like this. I am determined. I've made up my mind. I will serve the Lord. You got to make up your mind. You can get the Holy Ghost, but you got to make up your mind. The Holy Ghost is not going to make you live for God. You got to decide, I'm going all the way with Jesus. It's got to be more than a passing thought. It's got to be more than a visit on a Sunday morning. It's got to get in our soul. Because, you see, God sees something in you that nobody else can see. There is a treasure inside of you, but it cannot It cannot be made manifest Without your participation. He calls. He said, oh, I see something great in you. And we give him our list of why it can't be. You don't know, Jesus. I've done a lot of sins. And he says, when I was on the cross, I became sin for you. I took your sin. That's why I went to the cross to say to you, you can do it. But you got to believe what he's telling you. That he sees miracles inside of you. Boy, I feel so much of God in here right now. Just think, Jesus had 12. One of them had a devil. Right? But with those that he had, he turned the world upside down. I want you to look around. There's a whole lot more than 12 here today.
Jesus sees a treasure in you. He values you. So Aruni, she's walking across the mall there near the Washington Monument, and she sees this Chinese girl, and she goes over because, you know, that's kind of what we do. Hello? Oh, Francine, so good to see you. Israel, I'm right on the front row. Did you know why it's going to be here? Well, you should have known Jesus was going to bring you. See, you must have inspiration. Did you know inspiration, I'd have to look this up, but I believe it means God breathes. God has to breathe in you. And then it's like the old song. (laughs) What's that one? Juan used to sing it. I have decided to follow Jesus. Come on, we all know that, right? That old song. And one verse of it says, If none go with me, still I will follow. Still I will follow. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. If my friends turn away, if my family turns away, hello, I'm going to follow you because Jesus sees something in you that nobody else can see. So, so many illustrations. A woman at a well. Hello? What? She had like had five or whatever, how many husbands, right? And she thought it disqualified her. But Jesus said, no. No, I saw you. And then Nathaniel, I saw you. And Hello? And today, Jesus is wanting to speak through his voice, through his spirit, through his word to somebody here. I saw you when you thought you were not valuable. And was it needed? But he's here today to say, you are the treasure. Yeah. So many, if I had it to do over, well, I, you don't get do-overs. How many of you know that in life? You just don't get do-overs. But so many, and I hope I would say to them, oh, you ought to see what Jesus sees in you. Who, my Lord, Mike, oh, my God. It would shock the world if the world could see what Jesus sees in you. And even when we have somehow been able to arrive with a thought in mind that he sees something valuable, we still would fall short. Because he said, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly, right? Above all that you could ask or think, like you could imagine. Ninth inning, two out, I'm up to bat. I will never strike out. It's my dream. Hello? It's my imagination. I will hit the home run. We will win. If we could only see what Jesus, he calls us the treasure, and he doesn't stop there. He takes it in the next few verses and calls it the pearl. And he talks about coming and searching, searching. And when he saw them, he said, you know what? They're not even going to think it's valuable. So I am going to pay the ultimate price. 
Because, you know, you may not, but I'm going to tell you, what, Larry, what Jesus sees in you, it will blow people's minds. Hello? Am I in the right place here? And, and, and so how does this come to be? How can what he sees within us be more than a dream? How can it possibly become reality? And I say first it starts with you becoming a responder. You have to respond. And you can't wait. If he goes, I'll go. No way. you got to say, Jesus, pass by. I'm going after Jesus. He may not like it. She may not like it. They may not like it. But I am going after Jesus with everything I got. Nothing else is going to hold me back. And that word, I, I like this, this that, that word respond, ability. I think there's something there, responsibility. That means it becomes now you. It's not in his ballpark now. When he died on the cross, he gave his life. He was buried and rose again. He sent his spirit to come and move within us. But he gives us the responsibility. Now he's in me. Hello? Don't, I don't know how people sit still. I don't know how people don't become crazy about Jesus. I mean, we are How do you think we're going to change the world? We're not going to change the world if we try to pretend to be like the world. We must somehow. Yes. Yes. We must move as never before. We must. They're, they're going to. They're here. They're here already. Do you know that? That girl, that Chinese girl, they started a Bible study with her. I've just a couple months. She might be watching, so I'm going to be real careful. Hello. Said, uh, but uh, they, started the Bible, <laughs> they started the Bible study with her, and uh, they found that they got her a Bible. And they made sure they even got her a Chinese Bible. And in a short period of time, like a month, she read the entire Old Testament. <laughs> Listen, she did not say, I am hungry. Her response showed her hunger. Oh, she just could. And so then last week, I went, I'm not teaching that study. But I had to go to that study because I wanted to meet this girl. And um, a few of them were there. And, uh, we sat down at the table to have Bible study. And uh, they told me this story. said, this girl, her name is Minxing. If I butchered it, Minxing, forgive me. But she uh, now had read through uh, the book of Matthew for sure. And she had questions of what she read. Let me say this. Questions are not a bad thing. Questions are evidence of hunger. If you got questions, chances are you've been reading. If you ain't got questions, good chance, hello, you can figure that out. But, but she had questions. And they began to answer questions. 
Listen, do you know how many people in here are the treasure that this generation has been chosen by God? You won't find your... i got to be careful. I do want you all to come back for the pastor. But you won't won't find yourself as the treasure in just sitting in church. No. no. the, The excitement... It's not there. Don't get me wrong. It's exciting to see new people come and watch God touch their lives and they get baptized and filled with the Spirit. But, oh, you think that's something. You know what Maxine does now? She, after she has Bible study that evening, Saturday evening, she calls her mother in China and teaches her mother the lesson she had just been taught here. Oh, it don't stop there. The mother takes notes, and when they hang up, the mother is teaching the father the same Bible lesson. Oh, that's exciting to me. If you can't get excited, you understand what I'm saying? Passion, zeal must consume us. Oh, so uh, they called me Friday. And said uh, at Paulino's Bible study, Paulino was a Bolivian uh, man. His father got a, a, a Marcia's his wife, and they have two daughters. And uh, when I met them, they actually came when we were still many years ago. They came, and I got a Bible study in their home. Would go to their living room and had Bible study there for every, most Friday nights for five years before Paulino called me and said, Pastor. I'll get baptized Sunday. It was a long journey. But now Paulino and Marcia and Vanessa and Daniela, they've all been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Spirit. And they still have Bible study in their home on Friday nights. And uh, Skye and Catherine, they teach that study. And they have... uh, I don't know. Well, last week they have a couple from Rwanda that come to that study. Um, They are unique people. Um, Sylvain, he actually came to school to, uh, I don't know, to learn, uh, to research uh, chimpanzees. And his wife, uh, Axel, she came to go to school to learn, uh, to research apes. That's quite a family subject. Over dinner, honey, how were the gorillas today? (laughs) Hello? Oh, don't you see this thing is so exciting? Well, son, Friday they called me and said, Pastor, we have a new family coming. They just moved here from Japan. They're Buddhists. But they have no friends. So we invited them to come and be our friends. The wife, the Japanese wife, she speaks no English. Well, one of the girls that goes to that study, she actually had, whatever, studied Japanese, and so there's some kind of communication going on. Let me tell you, you build friendships with salvation in mind. All right, so the treasure, it's in the world. And here it is. What a world God has handed us. When God looked at you, 
even this week, even this morning, as you were preparing or thinking maybe about coming to church, God was looking in your heart, and he said, oh, I love them so much. You say, but I'm a great sinner. I know, I know, I know. But he looks beyond our faults, and he sees our need. And today, you know, I feel like the Holy Ghost is saying, all right, wrap it up. Or maybe, maybe <laughs> hello? He's saying, the treasure is here. Do you, can you buy into that? Can you understand that you were chosen by God? You, he chose you. He called you. You don't just join a church. Oh, we all come collectively together. What's up, Doc? He calls us together, the body, the family of God. But he wants you to see what he sees. He wants you to see the treasures that are sitting among us. The treasures you pass by, the treasures you work with, the treasures you understand. Jesus wants to change the way we think. Instead of seeing the calamity of sin, he wants us to see the opportunity that Jesus brings. Would you stand with me? I know I pray for Sister Valerie. I pray that somehow it helps this church. Somewhere, you are a treasure to God. And you can list all your flaws. And you can say, I can't. But he is silently sometimes standing by, maybe whispering into your heart, I chose you. I saw you where you were so far off. I saw you where you were yet a sinner. But I didn't change my mind about the cross. I died so that I could send my spirit into you so you could take that incredible personality and win the world. And you got to get a gleam in your eye. Hello, can you understand this? This thing of living for Jesus should not be boring and dead. There should be a fire within us that anticipates what Jesus can do with the next sinner, hello, that walks in the door. Oh, my God. What's he going to do in your children? Hello, don't you just want to pray for somebody? Lord, let your dream be fulfilled in this young lady's life. Let the lion devil's mouth be stopped. Let that Holy Spirit speak. Help there to be clarity of understanding that all of those talents and skills and all that stuff God's putting in you, He's going to use it. He didn't just put it in you for you just to wander through life he had it in his mind all the time James you and that little girl next to you yeah <laughs> had his mind Mike he's got this journey going on for you and your family if he really tried to reveal it all to you you probably couldn't comprehend it 
how he just lifts us up. One day, all of a sudden, a change happens. And we say, oh my God, how did this happen? And he says, just, just follow me. That's what he said, just follow me. He will unfold it. I wonder, I'm sure because this church responds to altar, but I don't want you just to come because I'm the bishop and you want to make me feel okay. I don't want that. I want revelation to happen in your heart and in your heart. Maybe you've been in church a long time and the vision of God has passed you by. Maybe, maybe, maybe this week God is going to bring a key soul across your path. They may be here today. Someone that anointed could turn the world upside down for Jesus. Did you know there's one in the Bible, a man by the name of Ananias? I really don't read a lot about him just one time. He was the guy that baptized the Apostle Paul. How about that, huh? Say, whew, what God could do. What God could do. And you say, well, I'm too old. Really? Caleb said, at the age of 80, like me, give me my mountain. Yeah. It's not age. A child. David, just a child. I'll take on that giant. Who is there today that that spirit is calling to you? That treasure God saw in you when you first came to him. He's called, just come on and say, yes. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try and plan it out. Just come and say, yes to Jesus. I invite you. No matter what you've been to say, I failed. I, I, I've done so many things wrong. I know, I know. Listen, I was a great sinner. But God was merciful to me. And I can say to sinners today, come to Jesus. He has a plan for you. So while they're singing, who wants to come and say yes to Jesus? Don't come if you're just going to try to bargain. Just, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but don't bargain. Come and say yes, whatever you want to do, however you want to lead me, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do. I say yes to you. But if you really mean it, just come and say yes to Jesus at this altar. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.